Most people believe the Holy Spirit exists. But why don't we ever talk about it? We hear about the Holy Spirit and we sing about the Holy Spirit, but do we understand who He is? The Holy Spirit is not meant to be a mystery. He is a person and not an it. The Holy Spirit isn't just a power source to tap into when we need it. It's about communion with the person. There are many aspects of the Holy Spirit. There's a baptism with the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit. And the truth of who He is is painted throughout the Bible. The Holy Spirit is meant to be a part of our everyday lives. And we are called to live in the supernatural. So we've already prayed it, but we pray it again. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you that you're pouring out new wine as we open uh, our lives and make them new wineskins for you to pour in. We're just so grateful. We're so grateful that you're near. We're so grateful that you're present. We're so grateful you're the God who sees and knows all things. And so, Lord, as we present our hearts to you, we thank you that you meet with us. You meet with us and love us. Precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, hey, before I introduce my friend here, Christiana, uh, I just wanted to um, just say again to everybody, I love being in the house of God together. I just have to get so, it's so rich to be together in the presence of God. And you know, when Austin came up and shared the gospel, that simple message of coming to Jesus, that was because a bunch of people were praying and they felt like this is the window now. And there was an immediate response because we felt like God was saying, do it now and not then. And I wonder many times in our lives if God's not saying to do something now and we wait till then and we miss it. And so I just want to say today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. It is a now moment because God is offering his goodness, his grace, his forgiveness, and his love. Well, one of the most beautiful things going on in our midst is what God is doing in our youth, our junior high and high school. They are on fire for Jesus. And uh, so Christiana is one of those. She's a freshman, and uh, she is going to get us going here this morning. Right. Good morning. My name is Christiana, and man, I just love Jesus. So stand with me as we read the Word of God Come together. On. Let's stand together. Right. First Corinthians eight five through six. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us. There is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. This is what I believe and what I stand on by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't you love that? This is what I believe and what I stand on by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a youth revival going on. So keep praying for our kiddos and keep bringing your kiddos to be engaged and involved because they're going to be caught up in something fresh that God's doing. Well, hey, I hope you've been with us the last couple of weeks. We uh, are in the week three of our series, Ignited by the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And if you, uh, just for a bit of review, if you weren't here the first couple of weeks, the first week we talked about the Holy Spirit is God. 
He's not an it. He is God (laughs) in the fullness and the beauty of the expression that he has been sent to earth. He is God in the now that we so desperately need. He is not only God, but he is the God also who leads us in the present tense. He leads us by his voice. He leads us like a good shepherd. And as we said the first week, and he is always exalting Jesus. He is always exalting the name of Jesus. He always is honoring Jesus. He is leading us to Jesus that is a part of his ministry. So when we sing songs to Jesus and we say, I love you, Jesus, it is the Holy Spirit that is leading us to the throne of grace to respond and to meet with Jesus in a beautiful way. Last week, uh, Drew led out and talked to us about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the need not just for the sealing of the Holy Spirit at salvation, but the power of the Spirit to come on us because God has so much more for us. And it's not just what we would be nice to have, it's what we need to have. And I hope that you have been praying this week, fill me, Holy Spirit, baptize me, Holy Spirit, and we'll have the altars open again uh, this morning that if you need prayer to say, man, I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, come and pour yourself out on me. Well, today we're going to continue, we're going get to first, get into 1 Corinthians 12, and we're talking about the joy of the gifts of the Holy Spirit how to receive the gifts and give the gifts as we continue our journey. And my prayer is, God, let us see you, not just some of who you are, but all of who you are. So if you have a Bible or an app, or you can look up at the screens, oh, there's so many ways that we can get into the Word of God. Let's do it. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 1. We're going to go 4 through 11. We're going to read a lot of Scripture, which is always good for us. All right, so you ready? 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. Other versions say, I don't want you to be ignorant. God wants us to know about his spiritual gifts. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Everybody say all persons. Everybody say, that's me. But to each one, everybody say each one, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, everybody say each one, individually just as he, God, wills. So we have this beautiful description of the gifts of the Spirit, and then he hones in on the nine what we call manifestations of the Spirit. And then he ends chapter 12 after talking about how the whole body needs each other and how we all work together. He ends uh, uh, chapter 12 with verse 31. He said, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, but I will show you still a more excellent way. And that ends 1 Corinthians 12, and he teases up for 1 Corinthians 13, which if you know much about the Bible, that's the chapter on love. And again, the the love chapter is sandwiched between the admonitions and operation of the gifts, and then we'll be exhorted again uh, how to to pursue the gifts. But love is not in the middle because uh, the other things don't matter. It's in the middle because it's the motor and the power for what does matter. 
Everything that God's wanting to do is to be motivated, motored, and empowered by love because God's intention is not that the gifts are for me, but they're for them and to glorify him. We'll get more into that in just a little bit. But we read 1 Corinthians 13, and it's, it's summarized at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says this, But now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. We all need faith. We all need hope. But it needs to be motored, saturated in God's love for us and God's love for others. That is the centrality of how the gifts operate purely and rightly and, and hit the mark that God intended. Then we roll into 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So here's what it's saying. 1 Corinthians 12, we got the gifts. 1 and 13, we got the motor. And then it says, pursue love, continue in love. And it doesn't say, and oh yeah, and there's some spiritual gifts. It's literally what the, what the, how the sentence reads in the Greek is, pursue love and eagerly desire, not or or but, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Do it in love, but eagerly desire these things because you need them so that you can express love. Because drop down to verse three, because all prophecy is good for edification, comfort, and encouragement. Anybody need edification, comfort, or encouragement? Well, the way that God does that consistently is not only in our devotional lives, but he uses men and women who have been eagerly desired spiritual gifts to come and pray over you and encourage you in the Lord. The scripture says, encourage one another daily while it's still called today so our hearts don't grow hard. So this gift of prophecy uniquely he's highlighting because it's that one that edifies, comforts, and encourages and build up. And man, I need it and I want to be a conduit of that so that people are constantly encouraged and their hearts don't grow hard. Next week, as we start unpacking the nine gifts of the Spirit, Spirit Joe Ewan will be here. Joe is a, a pastor from Scotland who's a prophetic leader in Armist, and he's going to spend the whole Sunday talking on prophecy because if the Word of God emphasizes it is the one we need to eagerly desire the most, then let's spend the most time on it. So that's going to be next week, so you don't want to miss that and be a part of this journey together. Now let me pause here a second before we unpack all these passages and just tell you a little bit of, of my own journey or Laura's of my own journey in the Holy Spirit. Um, in the middle of college, I had a break of a relationship and there was some pain in my life and trying to say, okay, God, help me. I need you. And so uh, at the same time, I had been reading that simple passage. God says, you're to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And I thought, man, I don't love God like that. I don't love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then if Jesus said this is the most important thing, then I got to learn how to love God with all my heart. I've got this pain in my heart, so I'm either going to fill it with the world or with God, so I might as well fill it with God and give it a run. So I spent the summer literally reading a chapter at a time, starting the book of Matthew, and said, whatever Jesus did, I'm going to do. Whatever Jesus said to do, I'm going to do. And however Jesus lived, I'm going to live like that. Now, I'd never really read the Gospels as a new believer, so I didn't know what I was in for. But I was in for the ride of my life and the joy of my life. Jesus is the chiefest of joys. And so in that journey throughout the summer, 
what I didn't realize is that I was communing with the Holy Spirit as I was pursuing Jesus, learning from Jesus, and responding to Jesus, and trying to talk to Jesus. What I didn't realize, that presence that I felt, that revelation knowledge I was getting and seeing the Lord through the scriptures, that power to actually obey God was coming from what Jesus had sent that said was my advantage, the Holy Spirit. And so what I knew coming back to to, uh, school in the beginning of my junior year was God was with me. That's how I would describe it. I was with the Lord, and he was with me, and he's real. Well, I came back, and then I uh, got together. I remember the first night with with a few of my buddies, and we were talking about all that God had been doing in our lives this summer, that past summer. And we just sensed God's nearness in his presence. It was so beautiful. And then a friend knocked on the door, and he walked in. And we said, hey, Daryl, how you doing, man? And uh, he said, man, it's been tough. It's been tough. And he just breaks down in tears. Now, this, is a, this was a tough guy that I never knew him to be a guy that cried. And he was just undone. And he began to confess sin. He began to talk about the terrible summer he had and the sin he had gotten into and the brokenness he got into. And it was just unique. And we all felt the presence of God. I think I would say that in retrospect. We just knew God was there. And we all just put our hand on his shoulder and began to pray for our brother as he poured out his soul. Well, actually that same night, somebody else knocked on the door. They walked in. What's going on? We said, Daryl's just sharing, man, come on. And this person broke down under conviction of sin. The same thing happened. For several weeks, every night, when somebody would come over to our apartment, we would say, hey, let's get on our knees and see what God will do. And it turned into confession and repentance. And so we knew now the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts of sin, says in John 16. He convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. So where I began to recognize, okay, God was with us. The Holy Spirit showed God as the God who's with us. Now he was showing us that he's the God that cleanses from sin through confession and repentance. So we have all this going on, and, um, and uh, um, I'm looking around, and, I'm to, uh, and I begin to see people that not only have uh, been with the Lord, not only people that had experienced conviction of sin and were experienced the presence of God that way, but people that were started talking about healing or about people getting incredible breakthroughs from demonic strongholds in their life. And I wasn't sure what I thought about all that, but I did know that Jesus was Lord. I did know that he convicts of sin, rights, and judgment, but I wasn't sure about all this other stuff out there. And then um, after the first semester, uh, Laura and I had just started dating. We had gone on a few dates, and she came over for uh, dinner at our house and with my roommates, and we were just hanging out. And she left, and um, I, I uh, felt compelled by God just to go to my room and pray. And I went in my room and prayed, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, she's in trouble. And I just, I almost looked around. It was that profound. I knew it was God, but I don't, wasn't sure what to do with that. She's in trouble. And I said, Lord, is that you? And, and I felt like he said, she's in trouble. And I said, God, what do I do? And then and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, talk to Dave. He'll know what to do. So I called Dave and I said, Dave, I was just praying. And God spoke to me that Laura's in trouble. What, what do you think? And he had been eating dinner with us. He's a buddy of mine. And he said, yeah, I was going to talk to you about it. She has all the signs of like getting involved in anorexia. And uh, I don't know if you know what that is. And I said, no, tell me about that. We talked about the eating disorders. His girlfriend had had an eating disorder. He said, I was going to say something to you because I could just see it. He said, I don't know how to say it, but I can, I can tell when it's present. And, and so I said, well, what did you do for Michelle? And we, we started talking that through and so on and so forth. 
And he said, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to confront her. Now, you know, I mean, I'm a pretty bold guy usually, but that was a big deal, right? We were just starting to date, and I really liked her, and I thought, this may not go well. Uh, and, uh, but here's what I would say. As I prayed for her and prayed about confronting her, I thought, you know, Lord, you brought her in my life as a friendship, and this doesn't have to go anywhere, but i got to help her. doesn't matter where it goes. She needs help, and you're calling me to help. So I confronted her, and it didn't go that well. Uh, she wasn't totally resistant, but, uh, and, uh, and we began to kind of work through this process. Well, the deal about back to the Holy Spirit journey, I knew him as um, the God with me. I knew him as the convictor of sin, and now I needed to know him as the powerful one that could set captives free. And I did everything I could, best I knew, to try to get her to eat. And so I would eat twice as much or three times as much and say, see, it's not that big of a deal, you know, to try to do that. I gained 10, 15 pounds that semester. (laughs) And um, I tried great speeches and encouragement and all this stuff. But remember, it's a stronghold. It's a demonic stronghold. And, of course, there's medical and practical things that you need to deal with. But, But in the end, it's a lie from the enemy to destroy somebody's life. And so... Uh, And I began to realize this, and um, I remember one of my buddies who I knew, he knew the Lord in a different way. He he knew about the power of the Holy Spirit. He was a counselor, and I I said, what do I do? And he said, well, it's a spiritual stronghold, so I think you ought to uh, take a day and fast and pray and ask the Lord to join you because it's a spiritual battle. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Of course she wants to fast. That's what she's already doing. I mean, this is not, she's going to love this. And he said, this is not starving yourself. This is setting yourself apart to see God. And so I invited Laura into that, and we prayed, and we fasted for this day, and then God began to to work. And I remember after that little time of fasting, I was so desperate to see her set free because God had put that burden on my heart. I remember driving out my little car out to Lake Waco, and, uh, and I just began to scream out to God, God, I need your Holy Spirit. I need your power. I need your power, God. She needs you. I need you. I can't do it anymore. I can't make her change. Spirit of the living God, I need your power. Baptize me, Holy Spirit. Whatever power you have, come on me. Come, Holy Spirit. Help, help. Well, uh, shortly thereafter, I had some friends lay hands on me because I read in the book of Acts that if they needed the Holy Spirit. Somebody laid hands on them. They laid hands on me. And, and I can say it was sweet, but nothing really happened. I didn't sense a surge of power or unusual help. But I said, okay, if I believe the word of God, then whatever happened in the book of Acts, I'm going to contend with God until that happens because I need power. She needs help, and, and I need more. And so I went in my room. I locked the door, and I said, I'm not coming out of here until I have an encounter that looks like something in the book of Acts because my friend needs help. And I began to read through the scriptures. Spirit of God, fill me. Acts 2. Spirit of God, fill me. Acts 4. It got to about Acts 8, and nothing's really happening. And so uh, Acts 8, and I said, the Spirit of God falling on them. And I just began to worship God and say, God, fall on me. And in that moment, I began to just sing in a heavenly language that I didn't know. And I thought, oh, 
Lord, you're here in the power of God. And then I was reminded of Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, when you don't know how to pray as you ought, the Holy Spirit will give you utterances beyond the words that you have. And I said, God, give me a spirit to intercede. And I began to pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was just a visitation of the Lord. And I, I walked out of that room saying, yes. Not only is he the God who's with me, not only is the God who convicts me and cleanses me, but he's the God who could empower me to see captives set free. Spirit of the living God. My confidence was great, not in myself, but in the power of God to set my friend free. Well, shortly thereafter, actually it was uh, Susan um, Peters. uh, We were all friends in college and she and Laura went out to pray. There was a church here in town that was open all night, and they went to pray. And, uh, and, and I was waiting on the Lord, and again, I wouldn't have called it that. I was just saying, God, give me something. And God gave me this scripture out of Psalm 107, 16. It says this, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through the bars of iron. So we are 19, 20 years old, and, and this is all new to us, but God gives this scripture. And I have a picture in my mind of God literally Taking, bend, uh, bending out the bars and Laura walking free. She's in prison. He's gonna, and so, but I don't tell anybody because it's all new to me. I'm just like, whoa, that's kind of wow. I'll just kind of jot it down. So Susan and Laura, they go off to pray. Spirit of God falls on them and they have a powerful encounter with the Lord. And I don't know if it was Laura or Susan. Uh, they said, hey, I see a picture in my mind of bars being bent and Laura, you walking out free. And they met with the Lord. It was a glorious time. They came home and told me about it. And I said, that, no way. I mean, I read this scripture today and I had that exact same picture. Wow, God, you set captives free. That experience moved from people's opinions about the Holy Spirit to our experience of the Holy Spirit. But it came out of need to see a friend state set, set free. And what I would say to you, the Holy Spirit is not just some spiritual toy that we ignite or don't ignite or that some have or don't have. The Holy Spirit is God, the person of God. He's to be worshipped. He's to be honored. He's to be invited into every area of our life. And then he's to be listened to and responded to because people need help. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today because God wants to help people, because God wants to love people. And since that time, the story of our lives, our 35 years of marriage and life, has been relying on the Holy Spirit day by day to fill us, to love us, to lead us, to guide us, and then to use us, not not just to empower our strengths in in a unique way, but to use us in our weakness and to demonstrate His glory and to see the sick healed, the dead raised, the leper cleansed, and demons cast out because He is a God who wants to set people free. And we're all invited into this together. Just one other comment I want to make before we begin, we're going to dive in and unpack everything, um, is that during that time um, between my own power encounter with the Holy Spirit and kind of that move of God we were having in confession and repentance, somebody came to me because it, it was a little you know, unique what was going on, and they said, well, of course, uh, don't take this thing too far. You know, these charismatic people, they are off. I mean, they're out there and they believe in all these crazy things. They believe in actually speaking in tongues. And I was like, whoa, wow, you know, uh, what is that? And they said, well, you know, this is another. And um, they said, you don't believe that stuff, do you? 
And I paused for a minute, and I said, well, I haven't experienced any of it, but I said, I believe it. And they said, you can't believe that, and they tried to you know, do that thing. And, and I said, well, I actually read the Bible, and God's for it, so I'm for it, even though I haven't experienced it. Let me just say it again. I read the Bible, and God's for it, so I'm for it, even if I haven't experienced it. I'm not reducing God to my experience. I'm trying to raise up and get into his experience. So you're free. Read the Bible, invite the Holy Spirit, and live it out. That's the beauty of the scriptures. All right. So you want to dive in here? All right. So back to 1 Corinthians 12. What are spiritual gifts? Here's one theologian defines it this way. Spiritual gifts are an extraordinary gift given by the Holy Spirit. These gifts are supernatural graces that each individual Christian needs. Everybody said needs. Not just once. Needs to fulfill the mission of the church. Which, what is the mission of the church? It's to set the captives free, right? And to bring people into family and to heal and restore. So we need the Holy Spirit for salvation. We need the Holy Spirit for healing and restoration. We need the Holy Spirit to build family. We need the Holy Spirit to, to, uh, uh, to demonstrate the glory of God in the earth. So spiritual gifts, uh, there's a definition. Then what is the word for gift? The word for gift is charisma, or, or as other theologians might say, to extend the word, uh, charismata. The Greek word is charisma. The core of that word is charis, the first part of the word, which is the word for grace. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, they are holy spilled, filled grace gifts, grace uh, uh, demonstrations of people, uh, uh, of God's goodness towards people in need. So grace, and what is grace? Biblically, grace is the love, pleasure, and favor of God towards undeserving people. Grace is the love, pleasure, and favor of God towards undeserving people. So what that means then, the spiritual gifts are not dependent on you, they're dependent on God. Because they are his grace and his gifts, and we are both the receivers of it. And then if we receive it rightly, then we also become the distributors of it. It's like this. Uh, God paid for that gift. He wrapped it for you. He gave it to you. And then he lets you give it away as a Christmas present to somebody else. God is the one we're in awe of, not the delivery man. Right? Wow, what a delivery man, delivery woman. Wow, they're really... The awe is in the gift, and the, gift, the giver of the gift is God. So therefore, we don't take credit for gifts from God. We receive them, and we give them, and then we honor him. And he always is central in the giving of gifts. Well, um, if that's the word charis, then what is ma or mata in other versions? It's great the, 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 when you add the mod to it, it's grace made effective or grace in action. So if grace is the gift, then the ma of God is the action of it, is to give it away, is to put grace in action. So every time I receive the grace of God and express the grace of God by the Holy Spirit, that's what's happening. Grace is being demonstrated. So what happens if we don't operate in spiritual gifts? If we don't literally uh, become those receivers and givers of spiritual gifts, God is not seen. 
Let me say that again. If we do not walk in the spiritual grace, gifts of God, then God's not seen consistently. Now, we see God by faith in the person of Jesus and in so many other ways, but the most normative way that God's seen on the earth is when somebody loves somebody else in the name of Jesus, when somebody delivers a gift from God, when somebody cares for somebody. So we want God to be seen. We want to be about the spiritual gifts. Here's another one. If we don't operate in spiritual gifts, people are not loved and helped, right? In, in Laura's and my situation, crying out to God, him giving gift and uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit to give us vision and a scripture to give strength and hope was the catalyst. It was the beginning of the end of anorexia and the beginning of end of victory for Laura's life. The rest of her life would turn from one trajectory to another because a gift of the Holy Spirit had come of deliverance and hope. Wow. So glad. Maybe a third way, if we don't operate in the spiritual gifts, we miss out on what God designed us to be and to do. (laughs) You've been designed by God to receive the gift of God, salvation, to receive the gifts of God, his empowerment of you, so that you might distribute the grace of God. Well, all right. So let's, well, uh, 1 Peter 4.10, just to reinforce that. For each one, everybody say each one has received a special gift, a special gift. Somebody say a special gift. That's a good one. Employed in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So let's break it down. What are those gifts that God gives? All right. So back to 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. There are varieties of gifts with the same spirit, varieties of ministries in the same Lord, varieties of effects but the same God who works all things in all person. But to each one, everybody say each one, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So let's break these gifts down. And let me just encourage you guys. We're laying foundations. We're going to do the nine manifestations. We're starting next week. We'll do six weeks of going through all of those, what they are, how to operate in them, how they help people, and how to do it. We've got to lay the table. So 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, that first one says, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. So everybody is given what, the, what is often referred to a motivational gift. Everybody is inherently gifted by God with some, some design of grace to uh, motivate you and stir you to good works. Let's go to Romans 12, 4 through 8. It says this, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. This isn't about individualism. This is about a collective grace when we use our gifts in community. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each one is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he or she who exhorts in their exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So everybody has a motivational gift. So when you see somebody in need and you're always compelled to give, that is a grace that God has put in you to be a giver. When you see a gap where nobody's leading and you're frustrated and you always want to make sure the ball's moving forward, then you have a gift of leadership. Just step in nicely, right? That's why that love chapter is important. When you think things aren't administrated well and you're frustrated, remember, whatever you're frustrated about is probably what you're gifted to do. 
When you're frustrated, then that's the space that God, the Holy Spirit's tapping you on the shoulder to fill a gap and to step in. When you have a, a gift of service, what that means is you're always serving and you can't understand why nobody else is. And that, again, back to the frustration, but what I would say is there's a gift. So when somebody says, hey, I, I just always feel compelled to serve, uh, but, but I'd never hear God, so all I can do is serve. Can I just say when your heart says serve or care for somebody or make up for what's lacking, that's the Holy Spirit leading you just as the Holy Spirit speaks supernaturally for somebody else to preach. You're as valuable as the preacher because it's the Holy Spirit gifting that's motivating you to do this right? So the beauty of everybody listening online or in in this uh, auditorium, I want you to know everybody has a motivational gift, each one. So read it, pray through it, and we'll do a little more teaching on that on another day. So that's the varieties of gifts with the same spirit. Verse 5 says there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. All right, back to uh, another uh, passage of scripture, Ephesians 4, 7 and 8 says this, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave gifts to men. Now that word men is the word anthropos, which means mankind. So men and women, he gives gifts to men and women. And then it goes on to say, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. You'll hear this over and over again. The gifts are to build, to equip, to strengthen until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So here we go. There are people that have gifts of ministries that serve the church to equip and to train. So here's what I want want everybody to know. On Sunday morning when we gather, here's a few things that, that will happen consistently. First of all, let me just state, Jesus is the head of the church, and the Holy Spirit is the administrator of the church, and we are following him. So like you saw in the middle of the service, people felt we were to get up and preach the gospel. We will preach the gospel. We are letting him lead his church because he knows more than we do, right? So we come in a submitted heart, expectant that he's going to meet with us, but we're always going to worship and celebrate, and we're going to testify of his goodness. And then we're always going to pray because he said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. So we're going to pray always. We're going to worship and testify. And then we're going to teach and preach the word of God. And I want to want you to know that you'll hear from many communicators in our midst because we believe that each of these gifts need to be used rightly to equip and to train for acts of service. So when I preach, it tends to be more kind of an apostolic exhortation thing. When Drew or Mick teach, it's more of a teaching gift. Uh, Vincent's might be more pastoral or teaching. Uh, evangelist, maybe Colby uh, preached a while back on evangelism. We have different gifts in our midst, but we have a teaching team so that we can get all that we need to be all that God called us to be. So it's not just about me preaching or teaching or somebody else. And I know you have your favorites, and it's usually around your own gifting or desire. So, but if we just did one gifting and one desire, we'd become one dimensional and we'd fall over. So God in his wisdom gives a five-fold ministry to express the fullness of his glory through teaching, training, and equipping. And so the other little interesting piece here in the Ephesians 5 thing is that, um, you know, God is holding the equippers accountable for teaching and preaching such a way so that the people do the word of God. 
Remember, Jesus said, who are my brothers and mothers and fathers and sisters? Is it not those who hear the word of God and obey it? Sometimes people say, why are we always doing activation? Why are we always telling people to obey, or, you know, do this, do that? Because we actually are held accountable to preach and teach the word to empower you to go out and do the word. And we are accountable to do it as well. So there's another gift package. So you've got motivational gifts. That is everybody's made in the image of God. Therefore, you're made with a motivational gift. And then all of us have a calling. This unique one is for equipping the church for the works of service. But you have a calling as an administrator, or you have a calling as a teacher, or you have a t- calling as whatever God's called you to do. So these first two gifts are things that God made you for and callings that he gave to you to steward. But the third group, which again, we're going to spend the next few weeks on, the manifest gifts of the Spirit, it says this, starting in um, uh, verse 6, it says, there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons, everybody say all persons, but to each one, everybody say each one, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he lists out word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gifts of healing, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, all these gifts. So if the motivational gift is for everybody, the equipping gifts are for some, but everybody has a gift or a calling that's even outside of that list to steward. Then this last gift, it says there's manifestations, and those are what is often referred to as the now gifts of God. We literally, in a moment, God, what is needed, we receive from God and we give it away. So uh, I was just uh, out of town and um, we were... Um, in this group of a bunch of young people, and um, somebody had a word about somebody had scoliosis, and we were to pray for them. So that person had the word. They're praying over this young lady, a 19-year-old girl uh, from Oregon, and they're praying over her. And um, I look across at her, because I, I, I mean, I'm not the one that was praying for him. And I look across at her, and I just know in my heart by the Holy Spirit that she has extreme fear and anxiety, and it's blocking the grace of God for her. And so I wait for my friend to finish praying for her back. And um, I don't know if she felt that much better. We don't know. You know, she didn't say anything. But I went over there and I said, hey, I just want you to know that God cares about you. He sees you. I know I grabbed her hands. You know, I have two daughters. So I just thought, okay, what would a father do? Lord, let me be your hands and feet right now. And I said, God wants to remove fear and anxiety from you. You just sense God's presence. And I start to pray over her, and, and you, just, you just hear chains falling. You hear, if I, could, if I could see in the spirit realm, it just like change, just breaking off of her as we just prayed the Holy Spirit over her and the grace of God over her. And, I, and, I, and, and we ended our prayer time, and I just said, God sees and God knows. He cares about you. How old are you, sweetie? She said, 19 years old. He said, he brought you here because he cares about you and you can be free. I love the Holy Spirit. I could tell you huge stories of other miracles and crazy things, but what I find happens most in my life is that simple prophetic urging that then prays for somebody to let them know God's near. Isn't that beautiful? The gift of the Holy Spirit. So God gives us gifts, manifest gifts through us if we ask. Remember that eagerly desire? So I'm asking God, give me your gifts, and then I've got to step out by faith in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now let me just say this last, this, this one more piece before we go on, and that is this, is that 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for you to get identity from. They are for you to facilitate so that God gets glory from it. And what I mean by that is, listen, I have a motivational gift, and that that makes me valuable to God. But everybody has one of those. I have an equipping gift, or I have a calling. I need to steward that. But the manifest gifts of the Spirit that I receive and give away are not dependent on the, uh, on the, the, the person himself, but on God who gives and God who blesses. And so sometimes we get a little frustrated. We say, well, well, that person's moving and healing and praying for the sick, but they're imperfect, and I'm a better person than they are. And so what right do they have doing that? Let me just pause you for a second and say, first of all, if they are praying for the sick, it's God who gives the gift and God who uh, heals a person. Nobody heals people, by the way. It's God who's the healer. But, but secondly, let me just say this. God is using them because God spoke through a donkey one time in Scripture, and nobody's that impressive in the end. And that doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold each other accountable to character and holiness and honor and that purity doesn't flow out of that. But here's what I'm trying to say is that God gives gifts to people that, uh, are, uh, that you would not even think so because they're willing to be a delivery boy or delivery gal for the grace of God. So don't loop about the person, be the person uh, that God would want you to be because his grace and his love needs to be poured out. So as, as things are about to heat up around here, by the way, because as we are teaching on the gifts and God is visiting us in a lot of beautiful ways, we're going to see more healing. We're going to see more activation of the Holy Spirit gifts. We're going to see more of the power of God showing up. God has promised it. He said he will. He's coming. This is going to be a beautiful season for us and hopefully the rest of our lives. But here's what I would say. Uh, uh, don't get hung up on the vessels. Get in awe of God and get in on what God's doing because if you have jealousy, selfish ambition, or judgment, you will be looking on the outside and not be on the inside. Because each one God wants to gift all of us to be a part of what he's doing. All right. So we talked about what the spiritual gifts are. We talked about these three buckets. Let's a couple more things here before we land it. Then what is the motivation of the spiritual gifts we've talked about over and over again. It's about love. It's about the love of God. It's about being activated uh, through the love of God and to distribute the love of God by the Spirit of the Lord. Um, and let me just give you an, a, a picture of this. Um, went to a life group this week to uh, pray over uh, some folks. And uh, there were four of us there. And um, there were a lot of teenagers there and couples and families, and they were just hungry for God. And they said, would you come to our life group and just pray over us and, and, and worship together? And so we came in and we just said, all right, everybody, we're just going to come before Jesus and see what he wants to do. And we love you guys, and we know he loves you more. So you're hungry and humble. Let's believe God to do something. And so uh, we uh, started leading out in worship, and just through thanking God and worshiping Him, we just had this sense that God is showing Himself tonight as the God of all things. And then the question to all of us is, does He have everything? And this little sweet worship time then turned into several of us on our knees and began prayers of repentance, and God, I give you everything. God, I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my life. We were, God was leading us to lay a, 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 the soil for Him to show up. 
So people are being honest with God and from teenagers to moms and dads. And it's just this beautiful thing going on. And then we start praying for one another as the Holy Spirit would give us thoughts and gifts to pray for each other. And there was one particular gal who, a beautiful, incredible, godly lady. Um, and I, I looked over at her. And I just had this sense that God wants to finish off the journey out of guilt and shame. And I thought, she's a great lady. I don't know guilt or shame. I mean, I don't. But I just knew it was the Lord. And if you go humbly and just respond, so I got another lady with me, and I just said, hey, I just felt like God wanted to finish off this work of guilt and shame. And she said, great, let's pray. And so we prayed. As we prayed, God showed up, and I said, well, what's God doing? And she said, I had a picture of this ruler, this yardstick, this measuring stick, and I realized that all my life, I have gone towards God most of my adult life, but I still have this measuring stick left, and I evaluate myself every day kind of on this good outweigh my bad, and I saw Jesus come in this picture in my mind and break the stick and said, we're done. We're done with the measuring stick. Now, anybody want to get rid of a measuring stick in your soul? I mean, wow. But it was the Holy Spirit that brought it up, and we activated it, and it set somebody free. Another teenager who uh, one of our gals prayed over, uh, her response was to her dad later, Dad, that was the most amazing thing in my life. How did she know what I was thinking? And the answer is, she didn't. God did. She asked God, and God told her what she was thinking to set this young lady free. She'll never be the same because she met with God and heard from God. Another lady was touched by the Lord and began to speak in tongues. And, you know, I think some of you guys are saying, oh, he was doing so good. Why did he have to say that? (laughs) Right? Tongues is a gift, not the gift. But that's not what we're seeking. We're seeking Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And, but in this particular lady's life, that's what happened. I mean, I, you weren't there, so that's what happened. And so, uh, but it was a beautiful thing in her heart of a breakthrough of what she needed. Uh, another uh, lady, which we'll, we'll share here in a couple of weeks, shared about a, her back being healed and prayed for people to be healed because whenever God does something to you, then there's a faith in your heart to do it for somebody else. And in the end, it was a beautiful two hours of just doing this, 1 Corinthians 12, just worshiping God. All right, buddy, what are you sensing from the Lord? We were doing it in love. We were doing it with, according to Scripture. We were caring for one another, and it was beautiful. And what I want to say to you guys, this is a moment where you want to be in a life group. We are going to be visiting life groups. We're planning on going to all of them. There's over 100 of them. But we are going to bring teams in, and we are going to activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, pray over you, pray with your community. So if you're not in a life group, now's the time to jump in. Uh, And if you are in a life group, just raise your hand. Not not, not right now, but uh, just let us know, and we will create a process where we're going to be visiting with you and just saying, Holy Spirit, come, because that's what we need. So how do we move into these gifts of the Spirit? We just say, God, we need you. We pursue spiritual gifts, especially my prophesy. We pursue in love. We need you, God. We need you. We need you to come. Just You just hunger. You just let him know your need. And you can put a person's name in there. Laura, for me, it was Laura. God, I need you to set Laura free. I need you. So you tell him your need, your desire, spiritual gifts. And then you ask him, okay, God, who do I go to? What do I, how do I pray for them? How do I help them? So you desire 
and then you ask, and then you go. And it's always best done in community. You don't just need to go by yourself. You can take another person with you and say, hey, I was just praying, and God put you on my heart. And you don't even have to know what to say, but just if they're sick, pray for them in the name of Jesus and ask God to manifest his healing grace. If they need encouragement, ask God, what's an encouraging word for them? What's the Bible say? Just use that scripture and encourage them. If you discern something, be gracious with people. If you discern something that needs to change, you just simply say, hey, how can I help you? I just had this impression that you're struggling right now. Is there anything you want to share, and how can I help you? Just be gracious, be humble, be kind, but God wants to use you for the people in your office, the people in your neighborhood, and the people in your room, in the, in the rooms that you're in. One last story, and then we're going to pray for God to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Um, we had been um, seeking God, reading through the book of Acts, kind of a couple of years into our married life, and we, had, uh, we were leading our ADS training school, and um, uh, we went to the country of Iceland uh, to do outreaches for about a month. And what we didn't know is that a group of moms had been praying for two years for a breakthrough among their teenagers. And so when we got there, they said, we've been praying for a breakthrough, our teenager, we, 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 sent, uh, we have this really cool retreat center, we told them they could go out there and hike and kayak and do all that stuff, but they had to go to these meetings that y'all are going to now lead. Uh, yes, ma'am, okay, we're here, because uh, God said that he's appointed you guys to minister to the youth. So we go out to this retreat center, and I mean, for three days, we preached, and then we played with kids, and they were like, whatever, you know. And the last night, this kid who was kind of the rejected one of the bunch, um, had been in a deep depression. And of course, I could have imagined just circumstantially the way he'd been bullied. And we said, look, we, we shared the gospel, shared the cross. And we said, whoever needs Jesus, come. And everybody's kind of sitting there. It's real quiet. And the kid jumps off this top bunk and he starts walking towards us. And I was just moved with compassion and tears and just said, God, bless this young man as he's coming. And the Spirit of God hits him, and he just falls in a crumble. And then all of a sudden, kids start screaming, I need him! The Spirit of God shows up, like we saw in Acts 2. And people begin to cry out to God, and, and, and it's like um, uh, the electricity hit the place. Two years of prayer, and the, the, the reality of the gospel, and the hunger of kids' hearts. And it just was wild. And so for hours, we prayed for kids, and we saw them delivered, and we, we, we saw kids get healed physically and in their hearts. We saw anyway wasn't saved in that room, got saved, you know. Let's say there were probably 40 kids in the room. It was just an incredible move of God. And I was thinking, this is it. God's done it. You know, this is like the book of Acts. We've seen it, you know. And I kind of crawled out of the dog pile of bodies and people and sweatiness and went out on the deck. And I remember looking over this expanse over this glacier in Iceland, you know, this beautiful deal. And it's maybe two in the morning and I'm, I'm just saying, thank you, God. I'm just worshiping God. You've let me see it. You've come. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. You let me see it. Let me see it. And in that moment, the Lord spoke to me so clearly and I, I just, I feel holy ground. I just want to get on my knees even because that's what happened. And God spoke to me and he said, Jimmy, never forget the gifts are for them, but I'm for you. The gifts are for them. You don't need those gifts. You need me, but they need those gifts. So come. Keep coming. 
keep distributing, keep loving, because I am your source of life. We love you, Jesus. Thank you that you've given gifts of the Holy Spirit to love people, to heal people, to restore people. We need you. We need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. We don't need some. We need all. They need you. They need you. We need you. We need you. Let's stand together if our prayer teams come quickly to the front. If you need the Holy Spirit, if you need somebody to pray with you, we have prayer teams up there. We have prayer teams down here. If you are hungry tonight, today, if you need the Holy Spirit, if you need a filling of the Holy Spirit, if you say, I, I'm hungry, I need the filling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I need the fullness of what he has. If you need the gifts of the Spirit, you say, God, I want you to activate them in my life, then you come down for prayer uh, for that. If you need a breakthrough and you say, God, I need you for physical healing, emotional healing, uh, anorexia, we just talked about that. Man, that's an invitation to get prayed for, back healing. We just talked about that, an invitation to get prayed for. These friends up here, nothing special about them. They're just yielded vessels, but they've signed up for the prayer team and they've asked, Holy Spirit, fill us with gifts to give away. So what I would say is if you have a need, they're here to give it away. So come on, just start coming. If you need help, if you need something, uh, if you need a filling of the Holy Spirit or you need uh, help with a few things, and I just, as you're coming or praying about that, here's two or three things that people had felt from the Lord as they were praying. And these are called, often called words of knowledge. And um, somebody felt like somebody either has a brain tumor or was recovering from a brain tumor. That's a big deal. At the very least, we know that God wants to comfort you today, and at the very most, we want to believe Him for a miracle. If that's you or you have a family or a friend, you can come on down. We want to pray for you or pay, pray for your family friend. Here was one they felt uh, that God was saying, for those who are oppressed, God wants to take you from oppression to fearlessness. Isn't that a great substitute? From oppression to fearlessness. So if you feel oppressed and fearful, come let somebody pray for you right now that God would take that out in the name of Jesus and replace it with fearlessness. If your oppression is driven by fear, then man, come and let the mercy of God be poured out this morning. A couple other things that people felt throughout the morning is chronic stomach problems, chronic neck pain, which could be from a car accident or whatever. And for some of you guys that are a little skeptical, you're saying, well, where is he getting that stuff? Of course, there's chronic stomach pain in a, a room this size, etc. You're right. There are. There's all kinds of things here in the room, things we've said and not said. But all we did was say, Holy Spirit, would you please speak to us to activate faith in people, to help people? And that's just what we felt. So we submit that back to you in all humility to say, come on, let us help you and love you. The guys are going to lead us in worship here. And as they do, come on, whatever your needs are, we're here for you right now.